0: This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Well hey everybody uh, this is Glenn with sauna Times and uh, this is a really special episode of sauna talk. Uh, you're going to be hearing from uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of folks in Minneapolis. Uh, these are uh, people volunteering their time uh, for the 612 sauna Society. And uh, what we have is uh, we got Margie Teak, JP, Alex, Max, Mike, uh, and not even myself. So this is a guest episode with, uh, with multiple voices, um, and what's great about this sauna talk is uh, you're going to hear some common elements of uh, how and why these folks are donating their time toward the mission of 612 Sauna Society and uh, the soon-to-be-launched Kickstarter campaign where uh, funds will be raised, uh, volunteers will be asked for, so that we can continue to build uh, the community of sauna in the area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, USA. So, uh, you know, the first uh, first of all, it's just a big thank you uh, for contributions over the last two years, uh, without the participation and enthusiasm of everyone um, in the Six One Two Sauna Society, there would there would be no society. So, um, there uh, with with the folks that are members, there's over two thousand strong, and it's growing each week. Uh, so, what's going on next is. Um, uh, and ask for support. Uh, I pledge at the $200 level when the Kickstarter campaign launches in October. And uh, it also takes us 149 people to join at this level, and the campaign will be successful and have the necessary funds to move forward with the coming winter season in Minnesota. And uh, only the donors who give at that level, the $200 level, will be eligible to be founding members of the sauna cooperative. And uh, So it's one chance, and um, those listening that are interested in joining, uh, check for the Kickstarter campaign. There will be lots of uh, uh, indications when that campaign launches. I I believe it's set for October 15th. And then there's a call for volunteers uh, to help with the campaign. And anyone interested, maybe listening in the Twin Cities area and want to volunteer some time toward uh, sauna in the public realm, with 612 Sauna Society, uh, the email address volunteer at the number 612 Sauna society.com. That's volunteer at number 612 Sauna Society dot com. Uh, great group of folks, uh, fun people and, you know, volunteering some time affords uh, some free saunas so that's the story um this is what's going to be happening Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to the steering committee members who uh would like to tell you a little bit about sauna um, and their experiences and why they're donating time uh, toward the 612 sauna society cooperative without further ado welcome to this episode of sauna talk Well, hey, this is Glenn with Sona Times, and uh, I'm talking to you here uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, sitting in a beautiful living room, and uh, whose living room is this? Who am I speaking with?
1: This is Margie Weaver.
0: And Margie, you live here, right?
1: I do. Yeah, and we
0: are right by the creek, right, in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Right
1: by, Minnehaha, right by Minnehaha Creek,
0: Yes. Right on. And so, uh, Margie, to introduce uh, yourself to listeners, tell us what you do in your in your day, like what, what your job is or what your passions are. What, what keeps you busy, Margie?
1: I'm a self-employed, I say unconventional artist, but mostly I teach yoga full-time, public classes and private clients.
0: You do. And you do that where?
1: Uh, One Yoga is a nonprofit studio on 26th Street in Lindale in Uptown, Minneapolis.
0: Nice, and you uh, We're the, the purpose of this sauna talk is we're uh, interviewing all of the steering as many of the steering committee members of the six one two Sauna society uh, as many of, of them as we can, and you happen to be uh, volunteering a lot of your time as a uh, member of the steering committee. And so, why? I mean, it's a it's a it's a broad question, but what has uh, compelled you uh, to dedicate your time to this organization?
1: Hmm. I, I think it's a lot of John's passion for what he's doing and just seeing something uh, really deep and true in keeping a tradition alive in the world that, that didn't necessarily make the leap across the ocean when our ancestors first came over here. And uh, it seems important to me to know where you come from and to keep those traditions alive. And so I just got fired up too when John was first talking about how to keep this mobile sauna going beyond what it was last year and the years before with his personal one.
0: When you say you got fired up, was that in a wood-burning sauna or an electric sauna?
1: It was a wood-burning sauna. I have not been in an electric-burning sauna.
0: So you literally got fired up. Yeah, and so what do you love about sauna, Margie? What what is the things that you uh, you as a yoga instructor yourself, you know, maybe you could share for listeners what you you personally love about sauna in the experience?
1: I think some of those things might be pretty obvious to anybody who's done yoga, but just the really meditative and the the aspects of slowing down in your day and when we're living in a, a huge city and people's lives are fast-paced and they're full of day-to-day commitments and um, I think we get overly focused on self but how does taking care of ourselves then take care of the world and sauna to me seems like a very good way to do a number of things around being Healthy and having really good well-being.
0: Nice, nice. And so, when you yourself uh, partake in sauna, um, uh, let's just say hypothetically, the last ten saunas you've taken, uh, what time of day would you go into round one?
1: I think I'm, excuse me, mostly a late afternoon or evening sauna person. In the summer, it's a little tricky with the mosquitoes. I want to be done by the time (laughs) the mosquitoes.
0: So, about seven o'clock would be a good time, maybe for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then uh, seven o'clock, you go in for round one. And when would you, uh, you know, head back into the house saying I'm done with my sauna session? If you hypothetically say started at seven p.m.,
1: it's a lot like uh, my yoga practices. I think it depends on how the day has gone, how much energy I have, have I eaten, uh, how early do I have to get up the next day. But maybe in an ideal world, it's three rounds. And some dips in the creek in between and a final little rinse in the shower. And Right on. Maybe about 9
0: o'clock, maybe?
1: Yeah, probably at least 90 minutes, but maybe longer. Yeah,
0: 90 minutes, maybe longer. So there's that concept that you were speaking about where in this busy world, you you take yourself away from the busy world and you allow yourself an hour and a half or two to completely restore, rejuvenate that whole vibe. And it parallels yoga, right?
1: Yes, Absolutely. Sweet,
0: sweet. Anything? uh, One more last question. Well, I got two more for you, Margie. Um, The first one is uh, for people considering uh, joining the Six One Two Sound Society and becoming a member, uh, you know, of this community and that. What, you know, what?
1: uh,
0: Sell me on it. Why? Why should I join? Like, if I'm listening, and why do you think I would want to join?
1: I just think that there have to be more ways for us especially living in minnesota in the winter to stay connected to each other and to not go off into our little caves and isolate and
0: how about the couch
1: Uh, not too solitary on the couch put down the remote (laughs) I know swimsuit
0: I know I I mean I I have the good fortune of having a wood-burning sauna like 20 steps out my back door not uh, walking distance from where we're sitting here by the way in South Minneapolis and even that even that it's like when it's cold out and I'm on the couch I'm watching a hockey game or whatever it's like okay it's winter you really have to really ramp yourself up for it right
1: yeah, I would say, too, it's very different than just gathering with people at a pub or going dancing or something like that. There's just so many beneficial aspects to it that, that you know, people will draw their own conclusions from what that is for themselves. But, yeah.
0: So, Margie, if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere, anywhere, where would you choose?
1: I t- have not been everywhere in the world, but I was recently in Iceland and there are many beautiful geothermal pools there. But I really longed for a sauna to be next to the sea and to be able to dip in the sea after Iceland.
0: Well, I'll join you. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us, Margie. Okay, everybody, this is Glenn, and uh, I'm sitting here with Tico O'Reilly. Hey what do you do? What's your day job? What's uh, What are you up to?
2: Well, right now I am the executive director of a company called The Pitch, which is a new venture to kind of build a sports tech ecosystem here in uh, Minneapolis, but it's uh, an extension of work I've been doing for a long time in uh, co-working, so building collaborative spaces and communities of people who work together in a number of ways, uh, most often tech, but... Um, really all walks of life from legal to marketing to content provision and et cetera And that's how I met uh, Mr. John Peterson.
0: Wow, super. So where is this, uh, this sports facility located? Is it, is it happening now?
2: Oh yeah. it's. Uh, we, in fact, we just had our grand opening party last Thursday. Uh, our official opening was August 1st and uh, we're rolling with about 20 members right now. And it's going really well. And
0: where's it located?
2: Up in Northeast. We're at uh, Broadway and Central in the Highlight Center.
0: Sweet, sweet. And those that are listening that are not uh, from Minneapolis, uh, Northeast is a community with a lot of brew pubs, uh, a lot of younger people. Uh, That used to be the scene in Uptown, but Uptown got too expensive, and so Northeast is really a happening place, isn't it, T?
2: Well, it's got all the art galleries, too. It's one of the uh, nation's largest uh, art gallery districts, so Art of World in the spring is kind of a, a major happening. And then Every first Thursday, you've got uh, art crawls that are going on, and then, like you said, the microbreweries, the distilleries, uh, a lot of saunas up there nowadays too.
0: Right on, right on. You so, from the the film crew. so Teak, you're you're a member of uh, the steering committee on the Six One Two Sauna Society, and why are you dedicating your time, energy, uh, passion to this group? What, why?
2: Well, that's a good question. I mean, it comes from a really honest affection. You know, it it all happened organically. Um, You know, meeting John, we were instant friends at Coco, and uh, then the sauna connection happened a little later after that. My personal uh, relationship with sauna and sweat goes way back to my childhood. Um, And then, yeah, just after the occasional uh, drop-in down in South Minneapolis, it grew and grew into this, you know, momentum that I think we're all sort of caught up in. And um, yeah, for me, I've never really even thought about it. It's just been... You know, I, I mean I tell this story all the time when I saw the idea transpiring in the surly tent I looked at John and the whiteboard and I said I'm in like that's a brilliant idea
0: it, it, and so it, it just uh, it just happened like right away as soon as you saw John present presenting you mentioned uh, you have been uh, part of sauna since since, uh, since real, real young give the listeners a little story about your background with sauna with authentic sauna the real sauna
2: well, I grew up in uh, the Chicago area but my father uh, loved to go to the country the rural uh, side of Wisconsin so we drive up there all the time he had a friend Steve Beasley who had a sauna in his backyard in La Crosse Wisconsin and uh, yeah I mean I think I was probably three four years old and I can remember I mean it's truly authentic but they were naked I was you know early 70s so kind of a hippie vibe I remember picking blackberries out in the in the pasture and uh, so, yeah, some of my earliest memories are in, uh, in actual, authentic uh, Wisconsin country uh, sauna. But then growing up, my dad always had a steam room in his houses. And so when I would visit him on the weekends, you know, steaming was a big part of our connection.
0: Was this uh, uh, Wisconsin sauna wood burning?
2: Uh, that one was, yeah. My, my father's steam houses were, I don't know quite the mechanism that you generated the steam, but, you know, like the built-in uh, pressure pipes and, and all that. Um, but then later in Colorado, my dad had an an authentic sauna up in the mountains, um, and a steam room in his basement.
0: Oh, that sounds, sounds great. So Teak, tell us what, you know, it's a, it's an obvious question. I think I'm going to know a little bit about what your answer is going to be, but I'm asking this one anyway. What do you love about sauna? I mean, what is it that compels you uh, to be interested in sauna as deep as you are?
2: Well, I mean, it's a purely physical thing on the, on the surface, you know, I, I, It's just an undeniable sense of bliss and pleasure when you're countering, you know, extreme heat with extreme cold. Um, But what it's turned into in this era and here in Minneapolis has absolutely been a social thing. I mean, the people that I've met in the cooling rooms and the stories that we've told in the hot box and then the dinners that we've had, you know, extracurricularly and and all of the fundraising activities that we're um, working on together. All of that has superseded the actual physical experience of sauna. That said, whenever I sell sauna, um, what I'm selling are very much the physical and health attributes of it. That, you know, it is a, tra- you know, it's not a, a, a catchphrase. It is a transformative experience. It changes you from one way of feeling and being into a totally different. And, and I only see that and feel that as a, as a positive thing in everybody's life. And so, yeah, to me, it, it starts with the physicality, but then those of us who share it that bond and that, um, that connection, that, that what it allows us to share uh, is really what, what has motivated me to, to continue on at this level of, of passion.
0: Right on. Well, you beat me to the punch, because that was going to be my next question for you, is why should someone join the 612 Sauna Society? Uh, why should they become a member? But I think you nailed it. So I'm going to not even hand you the mic on that one. That was, a, that was a great answer. So, But I do have one other question for you, T, is if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere, where would you choose
2: oh wow you really put me on the spot i mean i love my minnesota and i already have my lake picked out up uh, in bovie um but if you're giving me anywhere (laughs) anywhere brother going iceland all day
0: iceland wow we're two for two that was margie's answer (laughs) too (laughs) so now the real question is where in iceland
2: oh we'll see i haven't been so i don't know so it's a
0: two-for-one deal you get to bring the sauna to iceland and go visit iceland
2: Uh, that's uh, going to be quite the adventure. Are you going to run that Kickstarter campaign for me?
0: Well, let's uh, let's do this one step at a time, brother. I, I think this is great. You know, I, uh, I drew the analogy a while ago. I mean, when you think about uh, food trucks eight, ten years ago, I mean, maybe 5% of whoever you would run into on the street would know what a food truck is, you know. But maybe when we're all done, the analogy is going to hold forward where we're going to have like a fleet of mobile saunas, and uh, including one in Iceland. Why not, huh?
2: I'm there, baby. All right, great.
0: Teak, thanks for all your hard work. I mean, uh, I I am in touch with all of the steering committee members for the six one two Sound Society, and uh, Teak is a beacon of of organization and and hard work like a lot of this uh this grunt work stuff that you folks out there listening are going to see you know in actual physical form um you know a product of teak's hard work so on behalf of the uh, 612 sauna society steering committee and sauna times we want to thank you
2: yard, baby stokeyard it is
0: Wow. Okay, so we're um, we're joined by another esteemed colleague slash guest slash friend. I mean, I mean, uh, who am I who am I sitting here with?
3: My name is John Peterson.
0: And John, um, I think a lot of people know who you are, but just introduce yourself uh, for guests that may not know who are listening from other places. Tell us, like, what do you do uh, in your day? You know, your day to day. What's your what's your main thing?
3: Um. Well, I'm the founder of the 612 Sauna Society, uh, which has uh, the group that started the Stoke Yard Cooperative, which is what we're here talking about today.
0: Right on. So you're the kingpin.
3: Uh, I'm the Sauna Meister. So I, I, <laughs> I, you know, it, we started this about two years ago in my backyard, and it just started with hosting friends over for sauna, and, um, you know, that has taken us now to this more public um phase. So, you know, yeah, that's where I'm at. Right on,
0: right on. And you um you I say the kingpin in that you have personally uh hosted and been a sauna meister for about how many people this past winter? I mean you had uh you had the little box sauna brought to different installations, different uh residencies around town and you did a hell of a job keeping score uh and gathering email lists gathering you know building a conversation so about how many people would you say this past winter the the winter of 2015-2016 in Minneapolis as sauna meister how many people have you hosted in the sauna Uh,
3: I think it was about 1900 by my estimate
0: and at what number did you start to think that uh this thing could be a little bit uh deeper stronger more community based than it is at what what number did person did that finally hit you
3: at the first guest i mean it it has nothing to do with the amount you know with the amount of people every night has been so just self-contained and special in its own right that it's really you know it becomes it's become popular now there is a, a larger group but it's really about the actual experience of being at the sauna which is limited to like eight specific people who come together on a specific night and that's what you know that's the core of it you know
0: fantastic now this is a tough question and you can say pass and I'll take no offense to it but as you think about 1900 people Divide by eight, because eight people fill a slot for a sauna session. If you had to explain to somebody the, the power of this gathering, this community, as, in just one of these sessions, does one come to mind where there is this like moment where, you, where everything that you dream and believe about sauna in Minneapolis uh, came together? And if so... You can pass, JP. <laughs> but if so, does an event, does one event come to mind? And uh, in, and in who was there? And where was it?
3: Gosh, so many come to mind. Um, you know, just one of the more uh, recent ones, just because he's sitting right here in front of me. Uh, Teak is here, and um, you know, there's so many great sauna nights. That um, one of the most special ones recently was um, Tiki sent me a, a message the day after prince died and um we had a teak over for a sauna and we were and who's like, we me and teak uh,
0: you said we had teak over for a sauna was uh, it just you guys yeah,
3: it was it was just us two a, a
0: two two sauna session yep. two people
3: yeah yep. and uh you know it was a it was a rainy night and um, we hadn't seen each other for a while so we we're just catching up and um you know we we're it was just one of those magical nights. And then later we found out that uh, Prince had died that night. And well, you know, we we're in the sauna and it's raining and we found out that, um, you know, it was this big moment for Minneapolis. And I think like what resonates with me there is relationship. You know, it's like you come together with a friend, you have a, you know, you catch up, but then you're also your connection to your city, to the nature, to the environment. It was raining. I just felt really connected to, you know, my friend and also to, uh, the that evening was just so alive you know you're going in and out of the sauna rounds in your backyard which you pass through so many times but you're suddenly like really aware of how it smells and and just the layers of connection and the layers of relationship there i was really reminded of that on that night from a interpersonal level all the way to a this pop culture icon
4: right
2: on teak Since I'm sitting here, I want to add to this story because it was a really powerful evening and I can vividly remember standing on the porch and it was my first time in these sauna experiences that we've been having for the last few years where I've sauned in the rain and it it was really moving at the time to be bathed in this Minneapolis rain. Now I have to back up, my personal relationship with Minneapolis begins with Prince in 1984 and so that whole series of days was incredibly intense based on my love deep love of Minneapolis love of Prince love of sauna and all of the rain that happened and we were just up the road enjoying but yet in a sort of sad pensive really introspective way our lives and our community and yet as John you know kind of spoke to every night is different and that particular night will will remain with me for the rest of my life um, just because you know, that's what sauna does.
0: Amen, amen. And you could be, you could have been sitting in a bar, <clears throat> you could have gone to a movie together, you could have gone for a bike ride. But there is something deep and powerful about a sauna session. You know, it it really go ahead, JP.
3: Yeah, and uh, Teak in his interview uh, really, I think, spoke to it well. But starting, it's easy for me, and uh, you both have pointed this out that I can get kind of esoteric in my like when I start talking about my love of sauna, but to be really immediate. The physicality of it being just experiencing what your body feels like after activating your thermoregulatory system in the hot and then coming out and letting it um, do its work in the cold. So your body is bringing you back into that, into that comfortable zone. And it's not the air conditioning. It's not, you know, your down coat. It's your body working that experience is kind of synonymous with me of like experiencing your body in that way and experiencing nature in that way is like experiencing the ocean for the first time like it's just that big mm-hmm. that dimensional mm-hmm. you might not become like an ocean person you might just decide well i really prefer lakes but, but like you should experience the ocean it's like a unique just experience of being a human being And sauna is, if you've done it before and you've really, you know, done the rounds before, it has that kind of depth to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that being not just able to experience that on a regular basis with the community we have here and the facilities that we're building through the co-op, but also being able to share that with other people. You just know that they just haven't been to the ocean yet. Or they they
0: haven't been to Wilco either. You go, you go to a concert and you see all the the hands in unison and uh, the sharing the bond. Everybody's cool, you know. I mean, you occasionally see some dickheads that you spill a beer on you or whatever, but there is this common uh sharing of an experience going to a concert say and uh, it's a good vibe you know i mean people are are digging themselves hey but they're not getting in a good sweat are they and if they are they're maybe not digging themselves getting a sweat at, at a concert but uh so jp a question for you why should people join the Stoke Yard the 612 side. why why what what's if, you know, so if you just ran into someone on the street and they recognize you, say, oh, I, I know you. I was thinking about joining this thing. I was thinking about getting a membership. I was thinking about coming along, spending 15, 20 bucks. Well, you know, what would you tell them? Well, why Why should they?
3: It's just one of the most simply delightful and connected experiences that you can, you can make it a part of your life. Like it can, it's this part of winter that suddenly transforms the things you maybe dreaded about that season into things you just can't wait for that weather to turn you can't wait for the weather to turn and for this tradition to i'm gonna i'm gonna start over here so you can edit this out
0: I ain't in it it out. I'm a bad editor. JP, you did a great job. It's the seasonality. It's the seasonality, right? Like, you know, this guy on the street saying, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's You know, say, hey, well, if, if you don't want to come in August, when your feet are cold and you're feeling shitty and it's the week before Thanksgiving, show up then, right?
3: Uh I sauna all season. I do too. I do too, but it, yeah, go ahead. I don't think it's seasonal, but I think it's, it's a way to connect, whether it's your body or with uh, somebody else or with nature, it's a way just to, to make space for what needs space in your life, to connect with what needs connection in your life. And I'm not, I don't know what that is for people, but I can tell you with thousands of people that have come in the sauna, I can tell when it happens and it happens a lot. You just see people getting something that they needed. And I don't know what that is, but you can just tell when that connection happens. There's a certain feeling in the space and that is it's a it's it's everything and it's it's an, it's more than enough.
0: all right here comes alex alex welcome to sauna talk uh tell the listeners a little bit about yourself uh what do you do and um what keeps you busy uh when you're not working
5: for a living i sell real estate i've been a real estate broker for most of my adult life and i'm a musician sometimes
0: cool what instrument
5: uh mostly things with strings guitars mostly banjos a bit blues. awesome so sounds great sounds great so um you got hooked in with this uh, six one two
0: Sounder Society, and uh, you are on the steering committee. And um, what is uh, what is the reason w- uh, why you are dedicating your time uh, f- for this organization?
5: That's a really good question, Glenn. Well, I got invited to this dinner that that JP put together, and in which he sort of unveiled this, at least to me, unveiled this this idea of the steering committee. Which, uh, in a way, I kind of got. Uh, um, I, I didn't expect to to be on the steering committee and the reason I'm on the steering committee I think is that I didn't know JP until he reached out to me last fall I think and sent me a text and said a little birdie told me that you want to open up a brick and mortar public sauna so why don't you come and join me at my sauna and we'll talk about it which I thought could be really cool or maybe kind of creepy I don't know because I didn't know who he was mm. Am- amazing and this was when last uh, fall I believe okay and so, um,
0: boy, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. So, we might as well just dive right into the brick and mortar aspect. What got you interested in the concept of a brick and mortar public sweat facility?
5: Well, I've been to a few, um, not that many, uh, but a few on the coast. And um, every time I've been to any type of public hot tub, sauna type of place, it's always been inspiring. And somehow, in the last, I don't know, 15 years, it's been in my mind for years. I thought this would be a great thing to do someday and then in the last couple of years it seemed like maybe that someday is now
0: amazing so you've had this idea for about 15 years
5: something like that yeah sweet
0: sweet so there's a lot of parallel happening uh, with the 612 sauna society and Alex's interest in a brick and mortar facility and uh, you know I think Minneapolis is too warm for a public facility what do you think
5: absolutely it'll, it'll never work well <laughs> <laughs> We're we're doomed. That's right. So
0: we might as well just go to uh, International Falls and put it in, right? Better chance of success.
5: But with, you know, a sauna, there's always a cold plunge. So we're going to balance. It's all about balance, there's a continuum of temperature
0: right on right on and uh you know i gotta say it's it's kind of funny i i uh, i do the wim hof method and you know the cold plunge and cold immersion is a big deal it is really funny seeing people like in australia and california they they freeze water bottles and then they put them in the bathtub i mean <laughs> that's we, their
5: version of cold yeah that's their
0: version of cold we tell tell the listeners about minneapolis maybe some are listening not from minneapolis tell an experience of what cold is like in minneapolis
5: yeah, there can be say a week, ten days of you know ten below or even more day after day after day, and it's, it's it was definitely more. So global warming is a real thing. When I was a kid, you know, I remember the the blizzard of I don't know it was Octo- it was Halloween, the Halloween blizzard of like I don't know nineteen ninety three or something. I think it was ninety one, but ninety one, yeah, and it was like three and a half feet of snow overnight, yeah, and it was a classic. Midwest blizzard, and it was awesome.
0: It was October 31st, Halloween, and I remember that winter because you never saw the grass until spring that winter. Remember that? There was no melt.
5: Yeah, yeah, I remember it because I had just got my driver's permit, and my parents are out of town, and somehow, I don't remember the exact details, but I drove the car when I shouldn't have, the only time without another person in the car, but I had my permit, and it was that blizzard. Amazing.
0: What, what a, what a way to cut your teeth into driving, huh? Right on. So back to sauna and, and that is, um, so why are you dedicating your time, um, as a steering committee member, uh, with the 612 sauna society?
5: Why, why? Um, there's just an innate feeling of community and some, you know, it sounds kind of woo woo, but some sort of healing aspect to this general idea of sauna culture, whatever the heck that is, I don't know. but it feels like a good thing for myself. It feels like a good thing for my friends. It feels like something you want to be an ambassador of because it just feels good yeah Right on. <clears throat> and uh, tell us about your sauna routine.
0: Like when um, how long does your sauna routine last ideally? Um, what is a, a time through the sauna process that you particularly feel really
5: good uh, uh, th- through the sauna cycles? Um, usually I would say if I have time, it's like a three cycle, you know, in the sauna, cold plunge, cool down three times, some version of that. But for me, the cold plunge is kind of the zinger. It's when all the endorphins and all the magic kind of happens. And I've just started the Wim Hof method too. Just, it's pretty cool. But anyway, I, you know, it, it varies, but it depends how social you want to be. Depends, you know, what, what your time's like, but, um, getting really hot and then getting really cold, there's... I don't know what the magic is, but it's there's something there.
0: Right on. And I think that teased the ball up to the next question I was gonna ask you and it could be the exact same answer, but if you were to if somebody listening here is considering joining uh, the the Yard six one two Sun Society, becoming a member, um, why? Why should they and what would they get out of it?
5: This um, I think that ideally the membership is gonna allow a space, a physical space and a social space that doesn't exist in our city, and you don't know what you're missing until you experience it. So, to be a member, it's a you know I, I don't want to overstate it, but it's a bit of an adventure, and it's a social adventure, it's a physical adventure, it's you know it's it's going somewhere that is positive, and I think in this kind of general time of tension, you know globally, whatever that means to you, this is a way of contributing. Um, you know, in a way to compensate for all that tension.
0: Right yeah, on, well said. <coughs> so, Alex, if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere, where would you choose? In the city? Anywhere. Let's go anywhere in the world.
5: Well, okay, uh, I don't know about the, the penultimate or ultimate, whatever, sauna, but I can tell you that I just had a conversation with a friend in Ely last week, and he was like, why don't you put a mobile sauna on a pontoon? And I'm sure people probably someone's done it but um i think they'd be really fun in minnesota because we have so many lakes have an amazing sauna with a deck and you can jump right into the lake and you float around with candles all around it at night you know it'd be amazing so that's that's my kind of like i think that's a reachable vision in the next year or two
0: i couldn't agree more and uh what lake uh, let's say that that you had this thing going what lake would you uh, like to have this uh pontoon sauna
5: well, I live a block from Cedar Lake in Minneapolis, which is, you know, a pretty small urban lake, but I'm fond of it because I live so close to it, and that lake connects to Lake of the Isles, which connects to Lake Calhoun, and you could just kind of traverse the, the inner city lakes.
0: I friggin' love it. I love it. And, you know, in the small world department, uh, my cabin's on Lake Vermilion. I was just up there. Uh, I had the good fortune of spending quite a bit of time up there, and they have Vermilion houseboats and the guy owns his name's Chuck, and I've given him my Sauna Times card, and I said, we gotta convert one of these houseboats into a yeah. sauna, so House there, you, there go. you go. Yeah. Well, it's the same same gig yeah. you're talking about. See, yeah. this is the beauty of, of sauna and all of these parallel lines of thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we're done, Alex, I'm gonna connect you um, to this guy who built a, a pontoon sauna. He's out in western Minnesota a little bit, um, guy's name, Grant, super guy, and you'll, you'll, we'll check out some photos, but I don't want to bore you listeners right now, but this is the wonderful thing about sauna, and these this parallel lines of thinking, and uh, I just, uh, I have this vision uh, for Alex, I can imagine him with one of those little captain's cat hats on, Cedar Lake, and uh, people...
5: Or like a, boop, boop, you know, some sort of, what yeah. do you call it? What do you call those? A uh, fog? Low horn kind of a deal. Yeah.
0: Right. And think about if, uh, if this pontoon sauna was available only uh, uh, for folks that are on some sort of other. Uh, vessel, uh, whether it's the kayaks or canoes, and you just tie right up and then hit a round or two, huh?
5: Yep, I dig it. It's great. And
0: and, and you know, not to get all monetary about it, but you th- you know, I've seen plenty of long lines at Calhoun and Harriet for boat rentals. I'm sure you have too, right, Alex?
5: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And then, have you ever seen a line when it's been 40 degrees and rainy to rent a boat? No. Do you think if there was a pontoon sauna on the chain of lakes in Minneapolis, there there could be people renting boats to get to the sauna.
5: It's a very entrepreneurial way of thinking about that. Yeah, you can you can make make hay when the sun doesn't shine. Amen,
0: brother. Amen. And this is there's a, a post on Sauna Times that talks about it. Talks about a sauna at a cabin is your best insurance policy for bad weather because when you have a cabin and you invariably have family up and kids and all that, it's going to rain. And uh, I can't tell you how many times in our cabin when uh, the rain would come, I would just smile from ear to ear and say, man, this is going to be a great day because you turn like a frown upside down, yeah, as, yeah, as my yeah. good friend says. So so we're on the same page, man. Yeah. I love your thinking. And uh, any other words for the, uh, the folks listening? Uh, anything come to mind about sauna and your dedication to the... Uh, 612 sauna society the Stoke Yard. Uh, you're on the steering committee any any final uh, final word about sauna
5: um well i guess you know some sort of cheers to the um awesome aspiration of sharing the beauty of coming together around i don't know sweating and <laughs> sweating and bathing which sounds kind of funny but there's something about it that's really in- enjoyable for everybody and i i think it's a great aspiration to share with everybody so I'm glad that we're coming together in that way
4: So I'm
6: sitting here with Max Music Camp,
0: And Max, uh, tell uh, folks listening, what, what do you do in your, in your day-to-day? What's your day job and what keeps you busy?
6: Yep, uh, I own a business. Uh, I started about four or five years ago and uh, it's dedicated to creating places where uh, people want to be.
0: And this uh, business is located in? Uh, Minneapolis. And all of your clients are obviously in Minneapolis. This is a lo- local business, is that right?
6: Uh, It's been local for the last few years and now we're expanding uh, outstate and doing our first project in uh, Wisconsin with some of the main streets out there,
0: making them more dynamic, inviting, uh, vibrant places. Fantastic. And uh, uh, tell us, tell the listeners about your history with sauna. I mean, how long have you been exposed to the authentic sauna experience? Uh, It's really been quite
6: recently, uh, only about two years ago when I first met you and JP and, and others and uh, you all introduced me and, and invited me into your own songs in your own house and JP's and uh the firehouse when it was uh, over in the Phillips neighborhood. And it really opened my eyes to the, the power and the, the feeling of it and really uh, changed the way I experienced winter and uh, yeah, my own body and got me in touch with this wonderful community. And so I became a true
0: believer right away um, but but Alex, you, or, or sorry, Max, you knew intuitively there was something about sauna, and I want to commend you for that, because you reached out to me, one of your clients uh, has a public space, and there had to be something inside of you, that even though you weren't exposed to sauna, you didn't grow up with sauna, but, but there had to be something in the essence of, uh, intuitively for you about sauna, that you wanted to that to be part of one of your clients mm-hmm. facilities. Is that, is that right? And what was it? What was the essence that you intuitively knew?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one thing we've been exploring a lot in the public spaces that we, uh, revitalize is, uh, the using natural elements, human elements, things from the organic world, and specifically in a cold environment like Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, fire is such a, a, a powerful element that just draws people to it. there's something so elemental about it that um, just mesmerizes us and uh, we've used a lot of, we do a lot of campfires and other uh, fire performers in the past um, but just the idea of, of taking that to another level and, and like a fire box, a heat box um, just struck us as something that in a digital world, uh, a very human organic experience uh, and a contrast with, the, with what's happening in the winter outside was just gonna be something that people really loved and gravitated to and uh, we always like pushing the envelope and trying to figure out how to bring a public sauna to downtown Minneapolis and be the first ones to do that was really exciting.
0: And you did that Nicollet Mall?
6: Yep it was on Nicollet Mall between 12th and 13th and uh, it was such a big hit um, and really amplified uh, and set the stage I think for Little Box Sauna um, to you know have the success it had last winter.
0: Right on. So you're a busy guy. You own your own business. Uh, time obviously is a scarce commodity. Why dedicate the time that you're doing and, and the energy and the passion that you have uh, as a steering committee member for the 612 Sauna Society Stokeyard Project? Why? Why Why dedicate this time? Um, because
6: when I take sauna, it's in a very important time for me. And it has been Really transformative and and improved my mood. Um, introduced me to so many uh, wonderful people. Um, it just it feels great, and I want to share that same gift and that same opportunity to people who, like myself, uh, were not exposed to authentic sauna growing up, um, and live in a cold winter climate that want to create community, that want to um, experience uh, organic ways of feeling great and alive and uh connected to the world around us and it's just really i feel like this is on this this connects with something that's that's really true and good and i just want as many people to experience it as possible
0: well done now i have to tell you listeners that max i i tracked him down i grabbed him i came out to the hallway here and I see Max turn in the corner with a towel, a big glass of water, and he's sitting here right now in his bathing suit. And, and this, and he did not want to turn back and sit down on this interview. But I got him. I grabbed him, and I just want to free you up now. Max, I promised you only a couple of minutes. So what are you going to do right now, Max? I'm going to go sweat. And how many sauna rounds do you think you're going to get in? Uh, at least two, and I'm looking forward to swimming in the creeks in between. Right on. Well, thanks. Any parting words for people listening, maybe thinking about joining this co-op here, this, you know, becoming a member, 612 Sauna Society? Is there is there any, you know, final parting words? I mean, you, you summarized it. Great. I mean, I just want those listening to understand that Max is we will call you a newbie to this thing. I, I don't like that term, newbie, but this is what I love about sauna is you don't have to be Finnish. You don't have to have, have been, you know, sitting in a sauna when you were like, you know, uh, a toddler with your grandfather and all that—you uh, can you can get into sauna um, uh, uh, right away, right? Is there any anything you want to say to that? Uh, if you're a human being, you're going to enjoy an authentic sauna. Okay, so uh, so we're sitting here with those listening uh, what keeps you busy what do you do in your in your day job kind of a thing
4: well I uh, end up working in architecture for my day job but outside of that which feels more like work to me is printmaking spending time in my garden hanging out with my dog and uh, yeah just uh, generally enjoying my passions outside of work
0: right on so you're an architect by trade but you enjoy
4: other passions besides uh, architecture For sure. I feel like, uh, I feel like design um, manifests itself in a lot of different activities that occupy our life. And so it's just kind of about designing a lifestyle rather than just like working within architecture itself. Perfect.
0: Great, great. So in other words, if uh, you had to give up architecture, I get the idea you're the kind of guy that wouldn't have any trouble uh, finding something else to do. Not at all. Right on. So let's talk about sauna, of course. Um, what uh, what got you uh, interested in and in, in why dedicate? I mean, you're you're obviously not getting paid to be on the steering committee. Uh, you were chosen to be on the steering committee the Six One Two Sauna Society, the Stoke Yard uh, Project. Uh, why dedicate your your time to this uh, project?
4: Well. Um, I think the big thing is that I think this has been a long time coming to Minneapolis. It's actually a renaissance of the sauna culture. There was a large sauna culture that happened throughout the Midwest. Essentially, when the Finns and other Scandinavian cultures started making like their footprint in Minnesota, there was a thriving sauna culture, and that, uh, for many different reasons, died off about 30 years ago, possibly 40 years ago. And now there's this renaissance happening. But why it's personal to me is that I grew up— Um, about an hour and a half north of the city's cross-country skiing in the wintertime as a kid my family had a small sauna in their house Um, whether it was working outside or being recreational outside we would just come and sauna a lot it was something where there'd be kids in there there'd be adults in there we'd just be hanging on the sauna it'd be something in the middle of the wintertime that we'd do and it just really brought people together and you know I think what's been great is John has brought a very unique voice and his personality to this which has been awesome and um having this as a constant force in my life just you know knowing it almost more pragmatically than spiritually and then when John brought this in it was at a time in my life where I kind of needed it for the therapeutic value and he invited me to join some saunas during a period of time that was pretty rough and I started to see this therapeutic quality to it as well. Um, and I think that's why he's bringing this interesting presence to it, is he's really invested himself as far as the almost the caretaker of the sauna or the host goes and has done a really um, great job in developing that.
0: Right on. You touched on something quite interesting. I mean, just the name itself, 612 Sauna Society, I, I, I find it really Cool in the sense that you know Minneapolis is a top fifteen metropolitan area in the U.S. Uh, around us, this is a, a real European style city. In that around you know, like whether it be Stockholm, Helsinki, Oslo, around us, it's some really beautiful nature. And you mentioned about growing up an hour and a half north of Minneapolis. The six one two sauna society, is such a such a cool thing, in that it brings that nature element uh, to an urban.
4: Uh, an urban physicality, right? Yeah. Well, Minneapolis itself has been a little bit of an outlier for a long time in Midwestern cities. It's a, It's been a little bit more progressive, I'd say, than some of the other Midwestern cities. It's been a little more unique. It has, it's constructed of some very strong, independent neighborhoods um, that all revolve around community, and it's just it's just small enough for everybody to know each other and for every for word to get around when things are happening, for communities to remain tight, but also for the word to spread from one community to another and really bring things to people together around this idea.
0: Fantastic. And uh, with regard to you and sauna, you, did you grow up? Like, were you real young uh, with this idea of skiing and then taking saunas? Uh,
4: so, So what is your first sauna memory? How old were you? You know, I remember being young enough to be in the sauna where I couldn't really stand being in there for too long so i remember like hopping in there when there was a bunch of adults in there with my brother and then like sitting in there for a little while with the heat being so much that we would just hop out so you know probably somewhere around five
0: right 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 and uh we we talked with max who's uh you know only about a year or two into the sauna experience and uh other i mean for me personally it was probably age 20 i'm gonna say maybe i was 20 21 22 at the time when I got exposed to authentic sauna in in Scandinavia uh, same with JP you know but but you go back you know you go back to to childhood kind of thing so it must have been quite a rush to uh, connect up with JP and see this 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 budding sauna culture right in the town of Minneapolis
3: yeah
4: yeah it was great i mean just to know that's happening and also to know that's happening other places as well Um, And it has the strength there. You know, the Pacific Northwest has um, a long history of um, hot springs, saunas, bathhouses that are pretty widely accepted. You know, other parts of the world, like I spent time in Istanbul teaching, um, have the hamams there, and just to know that the presence um, and the power that can have within community is pretty impressive. And, yeah, so to come, you know, back around after having that as a kid and to notice what's happening here um yeah it was pretty profound
0: right on right on and uh, <clears throat> what's what's your uh what's your favorite part of the sauna process like uh, the you know the thinking about it the the first round the cool downs like if you ever had to like just pick one element of it uh that that when when you can say wow this is it uh, is is there a time within the sauna process that the sauna experience that that really that you love the most
4: yeah yeah i'd say in the two i'd say they're I do, and it's actually two times, but they're uh, harmonious with one another. And the first is, like, probably the second or third round cool down. Um, When your body's worked through the cycle a few times, you really gather that heat, and you're allowed to just, like, really decompress and let it out. And it's not a brief cool down, but it's a long cool down where you're outside for a while, and you're able to weather um, temperatures. That you would not normally be able to stand for quite a period of time and you're able to like digest that physically and mentally right on brother i
0: i, I often use that term i'm totally with you on this uh, and what i say michael is it's like you listen to the core not your skin right
4: yeah and it's also just it's also transform transformative because you realize the limits of your perception and you realize like a lot of times you'd normally be like, oh, I'm cold. Well, it's no, you're actually not cold. Your fingers or your toes are just cold. The rest of your body's hot. And when you put yourself through that transition and those cool down phases, you're actually understanding where the heat lies in your body and like the limits of your perception or just kind of the locus of your perception. Um, and that's why like the end of the song is so important. It's almost like that's the most powerful moment is like when you've walked away from it and you realize that transformation from when you arrived to the end And you've gone through those cool-downs. You're way more in tune with your body. If anything, you just feel way healthier and stronger than when you walk there.
0: Yeah, but but you sleep like shit after sauna, don't you?
4: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I've had some of the most lucid dreams after sauna sessions that I've ever had. You know, just, like, coming in. I mean, sometimes that honestly does take me a little bit longer to fall asleep. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you have, like, a little endorphin I rush a, happening. I rush. Like,
4: yeah, I have a rush happening, yeah.
0: Like you've been biking for a while or
4: something. Sure, for sure. It would sure. be the similar experience to, like, biking, running, or um, doing yoga or something like that prior to trying to go to sleep. There's a little bit of a rush, but once I actually do fall asleep, uh, I sleep so much more soundly, and my dreams are more vivid, um, lucid, and I'm actually able to remember them better.
0: Sweet. Interesting. So uh, final question. Well, i got two, two more questions for you. The first one, um, back to, like, someone listening here that may be thinking about joining the 612 Salmon Society, the Stokeyard Cooperative kind of a thing. Uh, if A little sales pitch. Well, why? Why should someone part with their hard-earned cash uh, and, and join?
4: Well, I mean... There's no other experience like it out there. There's nothing right now that's being offered in Minneapolis-St. Paul. If you're at all concerned about your health, and not only just your health, but the health of the city and the space that we occupy, it's a great way to get in touch with that. I think a lot of us are in tune with certain facets of our health, whether it's eating, exercise, a combination thereof. But a lot of people haven't tapped into this. And it actually is an integral part of it. It's something that can play a larger part of it. And it then extends beyond just the space of yourself into the health of others around you that make up your community.
0: Michael, if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere, anywhere, not just in Minnesota, uh, uh,
4: where would you choose? Where would you like to go? It's a tough question, but... I think I would like to take it to Hawaii because I grew up there. Uh, After, like, I grew up in Minnesota, my family moved us to Hawaii, and I think it would be really interesting to be in a place like that where a sauna would be more of an anomaly, but to have an area that's that's birthed out of fire and lava, you know, that's created from heat, and to be able to be in that environment to be in the ocean and be back and forth and just experience that would be pretty surreal to me.
0: Right on. Michael, Gordon, thanks so much for sharing some time. Any parting words to uh, folks about sauna and uh, what it means to you? 612 sauna society. What, what are you going to do uh,
4: af- after this mic is over? Uh, any parting words? You know, I just say it's simple, but just like check it out. You know, I mean, I think it can be, I think we can approach it with reticence and it's like definitely easy. Like we're, Definitely easy to not to be involved in something, but you know, just take a little time, and even if you just go once and you don't like it, then you have to go again, but it's something that I think you'll definitely have an interesting reaction to.
0: But- so there you have it. Those are uh, a cast of characters in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, who are engaged with a project, the 612 Sauna Society. I am also a steering committee member, and I'm excited to donate my time and my energy to help bring the authentic sauna experience to more and more people in the Twin Cities. So uh, this is a budding movement. There's a lot of sauna activity happening in other cities in North America. Canada, very popular spot for sauna Uh, Up in Winnipeg, there's a public sweat lodge. I haven't been there yet. Uh, On Sauna Times, uh, on the front page, if you scroll down, there's a directory of uh, public sauna sweat facilities. Uh, Soon to be uh, on this podcast is the general manager for the Chicago Sweat Lodge, Bill Trotter. Very excited to be bringing him to uh, Sauna Talk. And there's also Archimedes Banya in San Francisco. So we got a lot brewing and uh, 612 sauna society part of the 218 612 series of sauna talk uh, we did three episodes up in uh, the northern minnesota area in 218 and now we're going to be talking about uh, some sauna action in minneapolis so uh, welcome on board and 612 sauna if you want to learn more information see you on the bench